space. And there goes Tyree McCants. Inside the five and in. What a touchdown. And he can pick him up and put him down as he drags the UCF defender into the end zone. Timmy McClain, the talented freshman. A year ago, he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod. Starting quarterback for the Bulls. McClain stepping up, firing over the middle. It's caught for the touchdown. While he led the Bulls last season, Timmy McClain is going to have some additional competition in the quarterback room as we head towards 2022. All right, let's run it. We got a episode for you today here on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Thanks for tuning in here on this Monday night as I record. You'll probably get this on Tuesday in your podcast sub boxes, but welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Will Turner. Here as I take you through this one, um, huge news in the USF space here as uh, we'll bring on a special guest to, to, to help us talk about it here in a little bit. Um, huge news broke on Sunday night as uh, USF got another quarterback. Yeah, that's right. USF got another quarterback. It, you know my thoughts on quarterbacks at USF over the last couple of years. I'm tired of talking to you about the quarterback situation. But regardless, USF did get a huge quarterback transfer in the form of Baylor quarterback Gary Bohannon committed to the program last night around 5, 6 o'clock. Um, and he is, but he will insert himself immediately in the quarterback race as we barrel our way towards the fall camp season which gets underway in august so just a few months away from that um it's going to be an interesting 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 off season now that usf is like i said going to have a third uh horse in the in the quarterback race now, if this is your first time listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast again, I do appreciate you hopping on and, and checking us out. We are on the four major podcast distributors between Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that jazz. You can check us out on any of those four platforms, as well as the megaphone.fm embed in whatever browser you're choosing to listen to us in. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode. Make sure to do that on all four platforms or possibly even give us a five-star rating over on Apple. Uh, we've gotten a ton of positive reviews and we hope that you can add to it if you like the content that you're hearing. Make sure to check out Bulls247.com as we continue to uh, break down this. We'll have a, a, a kind of a what it means piece and some impact stuff with some stats from, from PFF as we continue to break down kind of his 2021 season and, and we look ahead towards 2022. So with that out of the way, I'm going to jump right into our interview portion of the podcast. I've got a uh, fellow 24-7 sports uh, co-worker colleague of mine on the, the podcast today. Uh, we've got Garrett Ross from our Baylor Illustrated site uh, as well as 1660 ESPN Central Texas uh, he and I talk pretty extensively about about Gary and, and, and what he brings to the table. And 
I think you're. I think USF fans are going to like what they what they hear about what they've got to say. I know a lot of folks um, on our message boards were were divided, and and naturally, you know, considering the quarterback carousel that's happened over the last handful of years. But I think USF fans are going to like what what they're going to get in uh, in Gary Bohannon and in from the Baylor Bears. And you know, this is a this is a guy that that chose USF over reported interest from Missouri and Oklahoma. And yes, I said Oklahoma. You did not get me wrong. So uh, obviously, you know, it, it's a huge get for the Bulls. Travis Trickett's first USF recruit and first major recruiting win is a massive one as they snag the former number one player in Arkansas from the 2018 class and they bring him in. He's a graduate transfer. He'll be immediately eligible and he'll have two years to play for the Bulls. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. And we'll be right back on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. When we return, we'll have Garrett Ross from Baylor Illustrated. And back now on the Fowler and Fletcher podcast is Garrett Ross from our Baylor Illustrated 24-7 site. Appreciate you hopping on 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 short notice. Granted, you were the one who reached out to me, right? (laughs) Yeah, dudes. Yeah. So look, when anything pops off like this, you got to get everybody involved, right? You got to get, you got to check both sides. So I definitely want to do my due diligence with you as well. Of course, of course. Um, obviously the big news that we're talking about today on the podcast is the, uh, the latest addition to the USF Bulls quarterback room and Baylor quarterback, uh, Jerry, is it Jerry or Gary? Uh, Gary. It's Gary Bohannon committing to uh, South Florida as the Bulls again pull in another quarterback this one with experience this one with with big 12 championship experience and you know the first place I want to start is uh, Bears Illustrated publisher Tim Tim Watkins came on uh, on our message board today on uh, Bulls 24-7 and mentioned you know that uh, that he didn't necessarily lose his job last year like a lot of people thought um there was an injury if you can kind of speak to that and kind of the end of last season and in and, and kind of how we lead into this this transfer yeah so in the middle of conference play I believe it was the Kansas State game uh Gary Bohannon suffered a strained hamstring and when that happened that forced Blake Shapin to come in and Blake guided him to the win he didn't do anything spectacular you know but but he was able to get the victory and unfortunately that kind of opened the door for Blake Shapin. You could kind of draw a parallel in, in a sense to the Dallas Cowboys when um, when uh, a boy went down and Dak stepped into the place. And, you know, Dak never – Kellen Moore got hurt, Dak steps in, he never looks back. It's a very similar situation here, uh, except that it was more riding the ship. And then Gary uh, was able to come back in during the Big 12 championship game after Blake Shapin – got hurt in the second quarter he hurt his shoulder so that opened the door and Gary come back in but man it just it showed that the stability that Baylor had at the position um and really Blake shape and you just got to get the credit in this situation because he captured the moment you know he mm-hmm. could have come out there and laid an egg but he showed that he was ready um and the guys really bought in the team bought in around him and they had the competition throughout the spring everybody knew this was coming um, but man, it just, it turned out that Shapin was the better fit for the offense at the moment. But yeah, I mean, you could look at the situation and say, if that injury never happens, Bohan is still the starter today. And that's sports, you know, I mean, it, 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 like you said with the Cowboys example, I, I think, I think that's a, 
you know, that's a big thing in, in, in any sport. That's how Tom Brady got his, got his start. I mean, so the, the thing that I noticed, um, you know, with, with Gary, especially uh, new USF offensive coordinator, Travis Trickett was the tight ends coach at West Virginia. And you take a look at last season stat line and the best game that, that he had was against West Virginia in the 45, 20 win uh, threw for over 330 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, and, and Travis Trickett had a front row seat to this. So, you know, for, for, for you, um, what do you remember about that West Virginia game and kind of how he played in that one? It was just one of those games where you come in, Baylor needed to get a win over West Virginia. Um, and Gary just was super comfortable in that game. Uh, they had a really strong week of practice heading in. Um, and he just kind of took what they did that throughout the week, it just excelled it onto the field. Uh, and it's interesting that you bring up that it was the tight end coach who took notice. He was now the offensive coordinator because right. a lot of Gary's big play ability came when he was throwing to the tight ends. If you go back and look at his percentage, man, a lot of his passes go to, to Ben Sims or Drake Dabney at the tight end position. And the other bulk are going to go to Tyquan Thornton last season, who Tyquan Thornton and, and Gary came in to Baylor at the same time. Uh, so they did a lot of practice, you know, outside of, you know, with everybody's, they're not getting the reps inside of practice. So they spent a lot of chemistry, you know, away from campus, you know, getting in the reps and that kind of flourished. And so it's interesting that you see, and you bring that up because I think that's exactly what he's seeing and saying, you know what, I know this guy's ability, especially in the middle of the field, Gary is super accurate. Um, he does struggle with the long ball, but if you can compensate with good tight end play, I think that could help. Really, that's that's interesting that you mentioned the deep ball because um, I was taking a look at some PFF stuff yesterday and saw that he had a he had a ninety point four grade over uh, on throws over twenty yards. So I'm assuming that's a lot of maybe middle of the field kind of kind of over the middle stretch middle type of type of thing as opposed to maybe the outside you know on the fly. It's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of his plays are going to come. He's really good at scrambling um i'm not going to say that he's a run first guy he's definitely going to look to pass first but he's so big and so fast and athletic that he's a he's a nightmare if he gets loose and gets into the secondary uh so but a lot of his passes do come in check down situations or if he's mm -hmm. on a rollout and you've got somebody you know coming across the middle that's where he does a lot of his damage um he looked really good in the pro day, in particular, throwing to Taekwon Thornton and those guys. Um, and on the deep ball, we were all sitting there like, oh, where was that at? Um, right. But at the same time, it's a matter of being able to translate that onto the field, being able to translate to a game situation and live action coming at you. But I think he's got the potential to do it, but definitely he's more comfortable checking down. That's what we saw in this offense. Yeah, and that's going to be a big thing for Travis Trickett in the, in the USF offense is, is as USF fans uh, that, that were at the spring game um, know that that offense is going to be very quick. It's going to be very quick game type offense, a lot of screens, get guys in space and have them run, run up field. You know, I'm assuming that's kind of the MO of what of what the Bears did last year as well. Yeah, I mean, Baylor did more of a they, they did a more of a traditional NFL offense. They wanted to pound the ball at you. And if you go and look at everything surrounding Baylor's offense, you'll see RVO, RVO. It's reliable, violent offense. And that's what they did. They lined up. They used that big offensive line to pound the ball and just run at you. 
Um, but the tight, like I mentioned again, their tight end play is a big part of their offense here. So Gary did a really good job of working off the play action and finding those guys in the middle as those linebackers sucked up. And I think that if you get him into an offense where he can release the ball quick, get those guys out in space, is if you go back and watch, there's a lot of film where Treston Ebner was coming out of the backfield for Baylor and Gary mm-hmm. would find him out in the flat and Ebner would just weave through defenses and, you know, get a lot of touchdowns. So it's dumping it out. It's those middle throws to the tight ends where he's successful. And that's probably what the USF staff is seeing. If you can just buy him a little time, let him get that quick release out to the flat and let your playmakers do work. Yeah. A 76.4 completions percentage on those throws uh, from zero to nine yards, according to PFF, uh, 45.2% of his throws and threw for almost a thousand yards in that game. And then behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, uh, was 19 to 23. So a lot of those particular type of throws, uh, those stats coming by way of uh, PFF. The the other, you know, main thing that I that I noticed that, um, you know, USF really is going to hit a home run on here is is the leadership aspect and, you know, the, the intangibles. I mean, when you look at this, you know, one year, one big year as the entrenched starter, but you take a look at, at the wins that he you know, led Baylor to, I mean, a, a two point win over number 14, Iowa state at the time, a win over BYU, which is USF has BYU in week one, uh, a win over Texas, uh, a win over number eight, Oklahoma, which, I mean, that speaks for itself. That Oklahoma uh, sooner team was a team that, that was, that was apparently scouting uh, Gary Bohannon. And then of course the win over Ole Miss in the sugar bowl, this this guy knows how to win football games, whether he, you know, is throwing well or not. What did you see last year that that showed and that showed his leadership ability to, to, to just win football games? Man, this guy is he lives and breathes football. He's got a great personality. Um, he, he's 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 one of those who's like larger than life type of personality. He's going to have everybody just kind of magnate and, and get close to him. Um, he's all about his team. Um, he's never going to like take the all the credit he's gonna you know give it uh, spread the credit across the the team Um, he's just a guy who's going to give 110 effort percent effort at all times Uh, he did a lot of work really in the off season of coming in super early uh, getting those extra film hours in that the extra reps Uh, in the weight room this guy is he will be one of your your best lifters in the weight room and it's your quarterback there's a video out last year of him doing squats and it's just absolutely absurd if you everybody if y'all go find Baylor football I I think USF fans discovered that last night because I'm pretty sure I saw that clip on Twitter yeah dude he's he's super strong he's he's super he's just a great person he's a great teammate for everybody he's going to bring a lot of positive energy to that locker room what do you think was the most um you know, impressive outing for him last year, maybe aside from the West Virginia game that really, um, you know, just kind of got fans excited for and, and kind of really showcased who he was, you think? Man, I, I'm i going to – one game sticks out, and it's not just Gary. It, it was a whole team effort. But the game with Oklahoma last year at McLean Stadium, you had all the noise coming in there. Uh, about the quarterback battle going on. Caleb Williams, he's got the Heisman looking at him. Spencer Rattler's over the corner, and you never hear Gary Bohannon. You never once leading up to it all the week long. It was all the Oklahoma quarterbacks, all the Oklahoma. 
he lit them up, man. They pulled, ended up pulling uh, Caleb Williams, putting Spencer Rattler in. That lasted about two series. Spencer Rattler gets benched. It was insane. That game, Gary Bohannon was just fired up on the the sidelines, getting everybody involved. That's one of those moments that sticks out to me. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a real solid leader that's not scared of any big moments. I mean, that's that's huge in itself because that's an aspect, right, that US and, and, and USF has brought in a ton of transfers, as, as, as fans listening to podcasts know. Um, they've brought in tons and tons of transfers this year alone, 13, 14, 15 transfers, and, but none of them have necessarily played nearly to the extent that Bohannon's played, um, and especially as a starter, and especially as a starter in a winning, in a, in a winning culture. Jeff Scott has done you know, such a, such a fantastic job of changing the culture at, at, um, at South Florida. And, and, you know, uh, Baylor had to do, Baylor had to do the same thing this year. I mean, just how night and day was that uh, 2020 season to the 21 season? Man, you, you really can't put it in words. You think about coming into that, you had COVID hit, there's no off season. It's Dave Aranda's very first year to coach. You have him putting together his offense. He hasn't met the team in person. All the meetings are virtual. And you have all that with the players trying to come in and you're saying, you're looking at it, do how many of these people are going to stay with me? How many people are going to bolt? And, you know, Gary was one of those guys who decided I'm going to stick around and, and I'm going to work through this. He battled it out with Charlie Brewer. He loses the battle. That's cool. But he sticks with it. He doesn't bolt. He doesn't bail on you. He mm. keeps continuing to fight. He waits on his opportunity, you know, and then you, you go through and you look at that offense that year. It was really abysmal. Uh, they were, they were really bad under um, Flurry Fedora. They, they couldn't get the run game going. The offensive line was just not there. And then you just, you make coach Rand. I give Rand a lot of credit on this. He makes the necessary hard decisions without hesitation. He fires Larry Fedora. He brings in a whole new offensive line coach, which completely changed the dynamic of Baylor's football team. Uh, And then Gary Bohannon wins the quarterback battle against Jacob Zeno. And he's so, this is another thing we can get to. Gary Bohannon has gone through like three different offensive coordinators here. So he, yeah, that's the, that's the story about every USF offensive lineman that's on the roster right now. (laughs) It's crazy, dude, but very similar story. Through all that adversity, man, he just kept fighting. He kept learning. He kept his head down. And it really, he reaped the rewards. And Baylor reaped the rewards of it, too. And, you know, he's he's going to be missed. He did tremendous things. And it's crazy to think about. He went, he won 10 games in his first year as being the starter. Okay? Like, not very many Baylor quarterbacks in the history of the program can even right. say that, dude. And right. he just... It, I don't know. He, he's just such a phenomenal human being and, and a, a player that he gets the best out of everybody around him. And that, and again, that's, that's just huge. It, you know, obviously the skill piece is, is, is a major part of, of what you're going to see on field, but it's, it's the off field that I think is, is a big, big reason as to why they brought him in. You know, my last question is, uh, is were you a little surprised when it was, when it was USF as opposed to a Missouri uh, or in Oklahoma, because it, it seemed like Missouri was the favorite coming into the the visit last weekend. So I had an article out when the, when he was first entering the portal, and I had, I believe it was five schools that I put down. 
I had Missouri, Arizona State because they need a quarterback, and there's a connection. I believe their offensive coordinator used to be – he was like Gary's quarterback coach at one point, so they had a connection there. I put Oregon State, Colorado, and I can't, uh, I can't remember the other one. But I thought those were good landing spots for him. And then – as so you thought he was going to stay power five then? Well, no. Okay, so here's the deal. My oh, okay. Debate for, uh, <laughs> my wanna... debate no, on air on 1660 ESPN here in Waco and on our podcast, uh, the Bears Illustrated podcast, I talked about how I think he would have been better suited for a non-Power 5 school because okay. of the arm strength. I think if he goes in – like if he would have went into Missouri and you're in the SEC East and you're seeing those Florida defenses, Georgia and everything, I think he would have – he would have done well, but he wouldn't have been able to succeed the way I think he will at USF. Now, that being said, we got Cincinnati in there, just played in the, the college football playoff. You have Houston. They're very dynamic. They're coming over. You at UCF, they're all coming over. It's not an easy conference. It's not, a, and they're all going to play Florida as well. So he's going to see the Gators defense along with yep, BYU. Yep. So he's going to see those tough defenses. But I think it's a better opportunity for him to go in and show that he can put this offense on the, the map and flourish with it. I think it just it increases his chances in the NFL draft if he wants. It helps his draft stock, in my opinion. I could be totally off base, but I feel like that's why he's better suited for USF. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot of, of, of group of five offers. Taking a look at his original offer sheet, it was it was pretty. It was a pretty exclusive club. Pickings, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Memphis, Arkansas State, uh, Houston, and this is back in the the 2018 recruiting cycle. Uh, UCF and Navy had some interest, but but looked like there wasn't offer. So there's not a lot of hand. There wasn't wasn't very many group of five schools on that list. Uh, to begin with, I was trying to find a connection to see if Travis Trickett had recruited him at any point, but it doesn't look like there's a connection. I'm sure we'll find some connection uh, right. aside from the West Virginia game, but um, <laughs> down the line, that's usually how those things work. But it it looks like it's going to be a good fit, uh, you know, especially in the scheme. Um, you know, it, 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 USF went in and, and, and they weren't expecting to bring in a quarterback this offseason, but it, I think it was one of those things where if a guy like Bohannon is in the portal and you have a shot at getting him, you add him to your room because. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's, yeah, he, it, it, it's he's a perfect fit for y'all, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be, he's a perfect, that that's going to be a match made in heaven. All right. Well, uh, well, that's all I've got for, for, for Garrett. Uh, tell everybody uh, where they could follow you, where they could support your work and, 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 and read up on Baylor who, who could end up being a, a, a big 12 uh, conference mate. If uh, expansion comes here down the line. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah, no doubt, man. You can catch me on Twitter at underscore Garrett Ross. Uh, and then you can find my work at bearsillustrated.com, uh, part of the 24 seven sports network. And then of course, uh, as we kind of mentioned at the top, we'll, uh, we'll kind of have part two of this, uh, over on 1660 ESPN Central Texas uh, in, in Waco. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be able to, to get to pump this out before uh, 8.30 in the morning or 9.30 in the morning Eastern tomorrow, but, uh, but I'm sure that'll be up over on, on, uh, on their website. So I'll make sure to tweet the link out as well. Absolutely. I'll tag you in that too. I'll get you, awesome. I'll get, them, I'll get you out there. Hey, let's let let's do it. We got to have somebody other than Salt Lake City. Our BYU guys, our, uh, BYU loves uh, all the USF folks. So we gotta we gotta expand the brand. 
I, I'm all for it, man. Awesome. Thanks, Garrett, for coming on, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. All right, so that was Garrett Ross from our BaylorIllustrated.com website on the 24-7 Sports Network as we look towards the 2022 season, and we honestly start to take a good look at what the quarterback situation is going to look like for USF heading into the year. Uh, We saw quite a bit um, in the spring game between Travis Marsh and Timmy McLean, and it looked like those two were going to be competing for the job and those two were going to be the only ones competing for the job. But obviously that's not the case, and kind of as you know, I said towards the end, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a move for USF that they really kind of needed, I wouldn't say they needed to make it, because they, they, they weren't looking for a quarterback. They really weren't. You know, there was no intention of, of looking for a quarterback. But, you know, if, if a guy like that is available in the portal, you got to go for him. I mean, he was up there. I think the Athletic had him as their fourth best available transfer at the time. I want to say 24-7 had him in the top 10. Um, he was he, He's a guy that, that you want to add to your roster for more reasons than one. Um, you know, you go back and take a look at the spring game. Uh, USF, uh, you know, quarterbacks, uh, Travis Marsh uh, and Timmy McLean marched through 14-26, 124 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, McLean was 12 for 21, 105 yards and an interception. Um, I think Marsh looked a little bit better um, in the spring game, and I and and I know that opinion has been shared by quite a few people, um, whether that's on Twitter or in the media room. So, kind of have to see where this is going to go. Again, if you know me, and you know, you know, I again, and and I may sound like a broken record for the people that listen to this thing on a pretty regular basis is I'm, I'm freaking tired of talking about quarterbacks, man. It's been five. I've been on this beat for five years and, and the quarterback situation has just been, you know, a, a constant cycle of guys in and out and in and out and in and out. And, and it's really, and, and for USF to take the next step, they're going to have to get this under control. And maybe in 2022, this is a situation where Bohannon will be the guy who, who who stabilizes it for two years, since he has two years remaining. McLean redshirts in 2022 and still has three years of eligibility remaining beyond that. Perhaps Marsh stays. Perhaps nobody transfers out at all and you've got your room set. But even if you got the transfers out and, you know, you go 2022 and you go 23 with Bohannon as your starter, I think you've you've got you've got guys down the line and obviously we'll see what they bring in in the 2023 recruiting class. I think you've got guys down the line in, in a Byron Brown, you know, that could really make some noise down the line once they get developed and once they, you know, tr- and once Trickett really makes an impact. Um so I think this could be a valuable first step to stabilizing the quarterback situation and stabilizing, you know, kind of the revolving door that the last couple of years have been like. So I think it's a smart move in, in a lot of aspects. Um, obviously, we will see how how it all fits into the offense as we as we go down the line. Uh, we won't really get a glimpse into that until until August with the first a uh, little bit of, of spring camp, but uh, once Bohannon gets enrolled, I th- or excuse me, fall camp, but once Bohannon gets enrolled, we'll see how 
easy it is or lack thereof for him to get accustomed to this playbook because that's the biggest thing as, as a quarterback but again there's a lot of moving parts to this i think it's i think it's a good first step to try and stabilize some quarterback situation stuff um contrary to uh some beliefs that you know bringing in another quarterback kind of shows you don't have faith in what's in the room but i i kind of think it's the opposite of that is you had a guy you know that was that was so talented you had a guy that had won had just come won 10 games at, at quarterback had just won a big 12 championship just won a sh- sugar bowl and he wants to come to your program and wants to transfer in your program you, you can't say no to that that's the thing is you just can't say no to that if he has the interest to come to your program and make your program better so again i think it's a smart move um for usf to 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 kick the tires on this bring him in um, as we've seen with transfer quarterbacks in the past, um, you know, perhaps it doesn't work out, but we, we, we won't know until August. We'll take a look at August. We'll take a look at August when, when fall camp, but, uh, and, uh, for, you know, it, it's, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be really, really interesting. And I, and I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. Um, and for any BYU fans that might be listening, um, which I doubt there will be. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of hoping BYU fans are feeling the upset a little bit further because USF just picked up a quarterback that also beat BYU. And what have I said since March, if you've been listening to this pod, or since the end of last season, really, I've said that USF has a chance to knock off BYU and upset BYU in week one. And I'm holding to that, especially because the pieces are falling in place. And y'all think I'm crazy. USF is going to challenge for a bowl game this year. I have a good feeling about it. I thought the path to four wins was an easy one. I thought it was a good one. I thought it was an attainable goal. But now you switch the goal from fans being forced to be okay with four wins to now six is a legitimate goal. So it'll be an interesting situation, a lot of moving parts. Obviously, we've got a quarterback situation to, to, to navigate through again as, as fans, as media. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of moving parts to this until we get to week one um, at Raymond James Stadium. But if you enjoyed the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, again, we appreciate you for tuning in. I've been your host, Will Turner. Uh, make sure to check us out on any of the other podcast platforms. Um, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and check out some of our past episodes. Um, we break down things quite a lot. Um, there hasn't been a ton of, you know, podcasting from me. Hopefully that changes once, you know, I'm kind of getting back in the flow of things, as I seem to say every damn time, but here we go. But, uh, you know, we talked about uh, kind of the, the, the Bob Shoop stuff. We talked about spring football a little bit. We talked about um, what what it means for, for Charlie Weiss Jr. to, to, to leave and, um, you know, some of our, our previous episodes, uh, from down the line. Um, not sure when we'll, when, when, when another podcast will be up, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see, kick the tires and, and see what we got some, some podcast topics going down the line. I'm sure a recruiting one would be uh, a good one down the line, but again, I've been your host, Will Turner. Thanks for tuning in here on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>